Hello, everybody, and welcome to Socks on Tap. I am Johnny Nani, joined tonight by Tony Marchese. Tony, <laughs> this was a marathon, wild, ridiculous affair. I can't even find the adjectives right now to describe it. Tony, 15 innings, a lot of pretty much every pitcher used, pretty much the benches emptied. Uh, just, I mean, ridiculous. The White Sox were down to their last out at one point. Last strike, not just last out, last strike. And they find a way to win this game in 15 innings. Uh, how are you feeling about it? <laughs> I don't even know if I can do this. <laughs> I really don't. Um, dude. Oh, man. <clears throat> you know, so many emotions during this game from like pure hatred of everything that's going on with this team to pure elation of finding a way to win a ball game that you just had no business winning. Um, I'm, I'm cracking up over here because I'm just looking at the box score again, trying to figure out how the hell I'm supposed to break this game down with you. This is, this is insane. It was insanity. There's no other word to describe it. Um, Johnny, just... Have you had more fun watching a White Sox game this year? I want to know because this was, you know, maybe from the ninth inning on. Probably the funnest I've had watching White Sox baseball, at least in the second half, but potentially the whole year because it was just, it was weird baseball. I love weird baseball, but I want to, I want to know how you feel about it. This was fun for me. Yeah, for sure. I think you can't deny that this was the most fun game of the year uh, just because of all the craziness that occurred. Uh, I I would put the second game of that Detroit doubleheader back in early July up there as another fun one because of the Yoan tying bomb and then the Abreu walk off. Um, And, you know, you had a Jose Ruiz in there who also threw well tonight, too. So he's a recurring thing here in these extra inning affairs. But, uh, yeah, I mean, this one has to be the most fun by far. Uh, Just so many random things that happened here uh, when you're talking about Phillies using a position player to pitch even though they still have someone left in the bullpen to uh like i mentioned in my intro the white Sox being down to their last strike guy who's just called up from triple a matt skull delivering the rbi single to tie the game up send this thing to extras um it, it had to be the most fun by far tony yeah i mean i probably killed the whole 12 pack in that game <laughs> just alone I, I i one of the things i love about baseball Johnny, is that this game could go on forever if left to its own devices. And tonight was just the proof of that. I mean, over five innings, you know, there's there's only two games really that can go on like this, and that's playoff hockey and baseball. And you know how you and I both feel about hockey. Uh, you know, this is just – it's a totally different aspect when it's baseball, though, because it could literally just go on forever, you know. Uh, with with both teams providing some offense here, and I love this. You know, f- part of me wanted the <laughs> wanted the Phillies to score another run there in the fifteenth, just so that we can get more of this. <laughs> just I don't know why, but it's just it's crazy, man. Um, it's just again, I'm, I'm I'm staring at this box score, and and for those that don't know. Um, when we do these, we've got the box score up in front of us, and that's normally how we break the, the game down. We just look at the box score, kind of go over some things. 
This is the craziest box score I've seen all year. And we've looked at 75, 80 box scores, you know, um, since we started this whole thing. Uh, the just, just the hitting section of this takes up an entire computer screen. Um, just crazy stuff. Uh, but, you know, I want to go back to the, the, the first nine innings because there was really two, two separate games that happened tonight. There was Absolutely. the first nine innings, and then there was extra innings. So let's go take a, a look back at the first nine innings. And, Johnny, I was extremely frustrated. I already had my whole script, my my takes I wanted to give on this show, um, you know, to express my frustrations with just how bad this team is. And I've given a lot of t- <laughs> a lot of just my thoughts on how bad this team is almost every night. And tonight was almost like a culmination of that. Had Matt Skull not come around, you and I probably would have recorded this, this podcast three hours ago. It felt, it feels like at this point, we we probably would have been recording about three hours ago and we would have had a long conversation about some really dumb stuff that the White Sox did tonight. And, you know, it, it probably would have sounded like some of the, the last few episodes that we've had in the same sense that, you know, the White Sox offense just didn't show up in the beginning of this game at all. Uh, you know, you go into the third, and that was the first time they scored two runs in what felt like forever. And then they were silent again, just completely silent through the rest of the game. Until that ninth inning. Meanwhile, Philly kind of chipped away. And, you know, Nova pitched pretty well. Um, You know, five innings. He gave up five hits, two runs. One of them was earned. Uh, Only walked two, struck out four. Nova kind of was in that same kind of role that he's been playing a while for the second half now. in the fact that. He didn't put this ball game out of reach for the White Sox, and that felt like he's the ace of our staff. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, and it's there, there's a lot of just stuff from the, the, the beginning of this game that people kind of forget that happened. Um, yeah. But I just wasn't really happy with it. I, I wasn't. I was frustrated. I was mad. It just felt like the Sox were going to beat themselves again. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, White Sox Twitter was burning down there for a little while. Yeah, so I think we can run through this. You know, there was a long stretch before. You know, everybody remembers the extras, but it really was. It felt like two separate games, Tony. So I think we can run through this chronologically, and I can bring up some of these good points, the positives that you'd mentioned, and then obviously where we got frustrated at. So let's just start. Um, I usually keep a running tally of notes in addition to the box score that we used to talk about this. In the first inning, um, Philly said the base is loaded, but Ivanova induced a double play from JT Real Muto. Um, so that, that was good to avoid damage in the first inning because this thing could have been a very different narrative. Uh, if the Phillies get a couple across in that first inning, Tony, um, the third is when the white Sox struck first, uh, what you had mentioned, those two runs, uh, Timmy hit a one out double and then Abreu, uh, he came through with a two run bomb, absolutely smoked a ball. I believe it was 105.89, something like that. Miles now we're off the bat, uh, to left center field. Um, and then in the Phillies half of the third, Quinn hits a solo shot to make it two to one. Uh, and then things kind of stay level like that until the sixth inning. Um, 
White Sox had a little bit of a chance there with the Timmy leadoff single, um, but then Abreu lined out. He hit it hard again, but uh, then Eloy grounds in double play, and that ends that uh, little threat there. You just kind of felt that there might have been something more to, uh, you know, uh, bolster the lead a little bit um, with those guys. Uh, Timmy being on base with the good speed, and then also those. Uh, big bats behind him, so to say. Um, but then the sixth inning, uh, Gene Segura, leadoff single, Reese Hoskins walks, uh, and then that was it for Ivan Nova. Um, I think we got to give Ricky Renteria a little props here. Um, I know he probably didn't expect this game to go 15 innings like it did, but uh, in that situation, I think it was time for Ivan Nova to come out, and uh, Ricky did take him out. So then the next play that comes in after Fry. um, Fielder's choice at second base, so they get one out on the force there, but then Anderson just fires it into the dugout, uh, into the White Sox dugout down there behind first base, and that, I think that is one of the most frustrating points of the game. Um, I saw a lot of uproar about that, Tony, on Twitter and uh, other places, and I, I felt the same way. I, was, uh, I think I sent you a message, and you, you know how upset I was with uh, the way that Tim Anderson handled that there. Um, I, I just hold on to it if it's, you know, because that results in a run. Uh, the throw went wide, Segura gets that extra base uh, because I believe the ball went into the dugout there, so he automatically gets that. Yep. Um, so so that was a very frustrating part of this. And you, you feel like, so, Tony, in these last few games, you know, like when we've done these, you feel like there was a moment earlier on in the game, even though the game wasn't decided yet, where you knew the White Sox lost. And this kind of felt like it. Do you agree? Yeah, and you know what? I, f- I feel like there was a not only times where the White Sox lost, there were times where the White Sox could have won this game. Either by playing better on defense, a la the, the Tim Anderson throwing the ball into the dugout, or offensive opportunities. And this game, honestly, could have been won by the White Sox in nine. If it yeah. weren't for some some weird stuff that they did there. And, and I think the Tim Anderson play, that's that, that probably sticks out as one of the most prevalent instances in where the Sox had almost beat themselves during this game. Yep. Um, up until that point in time, you know, you're... I guess what I'm trying to get to is you can't make these dumb plays. The other one that's really sticking out to me is, is Jose coming around third and getting tagged out at home. But there was a few different plays during this game where the Sox had, had made a boneheaded play. Another one's McCann trying to steal third base. You know, you, you yep. just, you kind of get, that was going to be next on my list. Yeah. I, I had a feeling you kind of go back and you you think over some of these mistakes that they made, and you're like, wow, if you didn't make this mistake, we'd be in such a like much better position to win the ball game. Why are you making these absolutely boneheaded moves? You know, like Tim Anderson, hold on to the ball. McCann, don't don't try and steal third here. It's not your place. You know, Abreu, just hold it at third. There are plenty of different times during this game where – had they just done something a little bit different, it puts them in a totally different position. And yeah, the, the, that play from Timmy, you just got to eat that. You, you yep. got the one. That's fine. Don't try and be the hero every single time. 
And well, one thing just on that throw, um, I, I don't know what he saw there. I mean, I don't have his view. Um, I'm not in his eyes there. But even if you're going to make a throw, put it on the bag. So even if you don't get him, there's no harm there. Then Jose has it, and he can gun down that runner if he's going to try and come home there. So th- that's just my uh, grief with that play with Timmy there. Um, that ended up tying the game. So let's move on to the seventh inning, uh, another play that you had mentioned. McCann walks start this inning, uh, go and sacks him over to second base. And then McCann is caught stealing at third base. Tony used four for four on the year, but they're pretty uncontested. Um, pretty good jumps. Uh, no one covering, no throw, stuff like that. Um, and then angle strikes out to end that inning. Uh, you're just pissing away opportunities there. That's what that is. Um, I think you had covered your frustration over that. Um, and then the Phillies, you know, they, they we talk about being opportunistic here. Here comes that word again. Uh, the Phillies were opportunistic as uh, Bummer comes in. And then uh, Quinn gets a little bunt single. Start that. Uh, he steals second. Uh, Quinn was all over the diamond tonight, literally. Um, and then Hernandez gets an infield single. Yolmer kind of couldn't field the ball. Um, and then Segura comes through with an RBI single to put the Phillies in the lead. Um and luckily, they were able to get out of that. Uh, Hoskins was intentionally walked, but then Harper struck out and Real Muto struck out. So I will give props to Aaron Bummer there for getting through the heart of the Phillies lineup uh, with a couple of Ks there. Get out of the inning, leave it at 3-2. Um, and then the eighth, you're talking about more missed opportunities. Top of the eighth, Yomer Sanchez, leadoff triple down into that corner. Uh, he got there standing up. And you're feeling good about this. Uh, Ryan Cordell grinds out, grounds out. Lurie Garcia fails a squeeze and then strikes out and then Timmy lines out. So you have a guy in third, nobody out and you can't get him in. That is a missed opportunity. Big time. Yeah. You can't again, you know, just, just kind of like I, what I was talking about earlier, you can't just give away stuff and, and the, the white Sox, and this is why I, I said, this feels like two different games. You can't just give away opportunities. I was all set to go and talk tonight about, how many missed opportunities the White Sox had? Just another example right there. Yeah, absolutely. So anyway, we got to move on. <laughs> we were basically halfway through this then uh, when you're talking about the eighth inning there. Um, in the ninth, uh, nothing going for the White Sox. Um, then we get to extra innings. Uh, in the tenth, you get this is where, uh, no, excuse me, uh, in the ninth. This is still in the ninth here. Sorry, the notes are getting a little uh, jumbled here because there's so many of them. Um, in the ninth, Abreu grounds out. Um, Eloy hits a double, and then McCann strikes out, 10-pitch at bat. Goins grounds to third. Interesting play there because it was kind of a little bit of a cue shot. Luckily, Eloy was hustling from second base to third base, and he gets a third before the third baseman come and tag him out. Um, so Goins is safe at first. Eloy is safe at third. We got two outs. Uh, Matt's goal comes up, pinch hits because it's the pitcher spot there. Uh, after the double switch when Angle came out of the game, and Matt's goal down to his last strike, looking like the Phillies are going to win this thing. Just called up from AAA today, got into Philly super late. What does Chaw do, Tony? Chaw delivers an RBI single through the right side to tie the game. I, I absolutely love whole series of events. Ah, oh, crap! I almost forgot. Wait, what? What? Chaw! 
I was saving it for a good time. I love your tweet right before that. Rally Chaw. Rally Chaw. I've been saving it for a good time, as they say in the Sandlot, Tony. Um, I, I was so happy for Matt Skull. Um, I enjoyed what he did in his very, very brief. I think he was only four games, 13 plate appearances last season. But he comes onto the scene, has a single in that game at Cleveland last year in his MLB debut, and hits an absolute bomb to right field. That was Memorial Day weekend at Cleveland last year. Uh, I remember it vividly. And I thought, hey, this guy, he may not be a world beater, but it's someone that you'd like to have in your system. And I'm glad that he is finally getting his chance now because I think A.J. Reed, uh, you know, he was claimed off of waivers, went right to the big league team. Matt Skull deserved that opportunity more than A.J. Reed did. Oh, um, he absolutely did. So the, the, I am happy that Matt Skull came up in this position because, you know what, maybe Matt Skull comes up during an earlier time, uh, during that Kansas City series like or Oakland series when A.J. Reed was there. And maybe Matt Skull struggles and everybody's talking about him like they're talking about A.J. Reed, Tony. So um, I'm kind of glad, you know, I, I, w- I do think he deserved it before A.J. Reed, but I'm glad that uh, he came up clutch in his first uh, time back in the big leagues, because um, I think that just puts a whole different perception in fans' minds, in the coaches' minds, in the front offices' minds. Um, obviously, we're going to have to see what he do, does over an extended period of time. But, uh, hey, good for Matt Skull. I am happy for the kid. Uh, I'm all about the rally, Chaw, Tony. Uh, that's, you know, we're going to call him Chaw because Skull, Chaw. I mean, oh, it, yeah. it just makes sense. That's the only acceptable nickname. Uh, Andrew Kinsler and I had uh, designated that nickname when we saw him at spring training a couple of years ago, and it's going to stick. So um, I've had the Sandlot clip out there today. You saw it. Um, we're, we're rolling with it. Rally, Chaw, baby. So anyway, th- that is how this game gets extended. Anyway, so. Um, then Calme comes in and he uh, he shuts out the uh, Nats in that tenth inning. And you know what, Tony? Another note that I had highlighted here. I think that was a good show of confidence by the coaching staff because he came in in a similar situation in that Mets series and got rocked. Mm-hmm. So I was happy with that. Going back to your go-to guy, who has been your go-to guy all year, and he gets the job done. Um, going on from there, Jose Ruiz comes in. He pitches two solid innings. What is it about this guy in extra innings, Tony? Uh, he had had that strikeout of the side back in that um, other fun game that I had mentioned earlier on in the show, uh, early July in that second game of the doubleheader. I was really pleased with you know how he comes in, shuts the door, gives us a chance to win. Um, he kind of did the same thing. It wasn't directly. It wasn't like we did it exactly you know right after, just like uh, we did against Detroit. But he gave us a chance. You know, uh, a guy that we kind of had pegged for the bullpen B squad, the garbage time, uh, the cleanup guy kind of stuff. Um, and I was happy to see him get through, uh, those Nats hitters spotless. Um, the, the next action comes in the, uh, 13th, Tony. Uh, I know I'm rambling here, but there's just so much to get through. Um, and I'll let you expand them whenever you want here. Uh, socks go down one, two, three in the 13th. Um, couple flyouts. uh, for the Nats, uh, Quinn singles. Quinn, like again, like I said, all over the field, literally tonight. Um, and then there was uh, there was what there was one flyout before that, so one out. Quinn's on first, and they have the pitcher spot up. Pitcher tries to bunt Quinn over to second. Jose charges hard, makes a great throw to second base. Timmy with a great 
grab and keeps his toe just on the bag, just in time, kind of comes down. So if he was, if they're going to rule that he was off the bag, he still had the tag on uh, the head. It was right on the helmet. Um, so they get that lead runner cut down there, um, get out of that inning, no problems. Um, and then the 14th, Tony, oh my God, uh, what a whirlwind. The 14th was an absolute roller coaster, um, to say the least. So Nats at this point in the 14th inning still have one pitcher left in their bullpen. Instead, they go to the aforementioned Quinn, a position player. They go to him on the mound, and it's kind of mind-boggling to everyone. I think both Benetti and Stone were kind of, you know, uh, flustered. Uh, I didn't really know what to think of that. Um, I was, you know, they're kind of in the middle of a wild card chase here. Why would they not go with a pitcher? Uh, maybe they're playing the long game here, but, you know, you'd think that you're playing to win right away in that situation. Anyway, they go to him. Brady walks. Eloy lines out. Um, and this is where it starts getting ridiculous. So Eloy lines out hard to third base, and Abreu would have been doubled up if the throw was on the line, but the throw goes past first base towards the dugout. Abreu scrambles to get up. Looks like he almost like tweaks his hamstring or something, ankle, knee, whatever, getting up because he's kind of spinning his wheels as he's going to second base. Gets to second base. Uh, next one up is McCann, who hits a single to the left, and the with Quinn pitching a position player they had had a pitcher out in the outfield velasquez in left field mccann singles to left to velasquez and velasquez guns jose down at home tony what was your reaction to that play i was so you know cap but still at the same time yeah you know i i i pointed out just a few minutes ago um first thought is Jose was dead to right, right? Like as soon, like as soon as you see him about halfway down the line, the, I mean, the ball was already there. Um, it just seemed like it was a really bad time to do that. However, if I'm not mistaken, it was uh, Carson Fulmer coming up there soon, wasn't it? Yes. So I understand the send from Capra. <clears throat> You know, knowing you've got Fulmer coming up and, and, and the chances to actually score a run might be uh, kind of diminished there. So I understand where the thought process is. You know, try and just get this run in. Force him to make the throw. Uh, the guy's not a normal left fielder. Um, you know, there's there's plenty of reasons that you can go back and explain why you did that. The problem with this is, in this type of game that's so close... I believe there was one out during this when he when he when he came home. Just keep him on third. You know, you never know if you're going to get a sack fly or or whatever just to drive the run in. I'm a firm believer that was a bad send, but I can understand the reasons why he was sent. If that makes sense. Yeah. No, no I got you. Um, you think that with the pitcher coming up? Um, that brings me to my next point here. Uh, Carson Fulmer hits for himself then after uh, that out and Fulmer it, looking like it's not going to be too much. Uh, you know, we're just going to, you know, flail away this inning, uh, live to fight another half. Fulmer hits a rocket shot down the third base line. I couldn't believe it. Um, but 
you know, hardest they, hit ball in the game up until that point. I don't know if any of them actually beat it, but I think it came off the bat. Active velocity, 103 miles an hour, just a fucking rocket. I think Jose's home run beat it, and one other one too. But, uh, but yeah, still for for a pitcher hitting that, that's impressive. Uh, so I mean, Fulmer gave it a good ride, um, but the you know you had made a good point. I think it was Ken Woe that pointed out on Twitter. Um, Steve Stone's asking, oh, why is the infield playing back? Well, you know, the the position player on the mound's thrown 76 miles an hour. So a- a- anyone with baseball experience is going to, you know, be able to pull that. So they're playing a uh, pretty standard depth there, uh, closer to the line there for the third baseman. So uh, that's an easy out. But Fulmer looks like he pulls a hammy running down the line. So yeah, um, that's the, he's not an option anymore. Uh, he's in the game at this point. Osich has to come in for the bottom of the 14th. Um, he gets that heart of the order. Harper, Real Muto, um, line out and a fly out there. Kingery strikes out. Uh, we go to the 15th, and this is where it finally gets decided. Um, we get two outs early on, and then Lurie Garcia finally singles, gets the ball rolling. Timmy walks. I think it was a four-pitch walk. Then Abreu drives an RBI single to left, and... It was close. It was close because you have Velasquez out there, the pitcher in left field once again, and he put a damn good throw on. It was accurate. It was online. Um, it was a low liner. He gave Real Muto all the chance in the world to make the play, but Lurie Garcia just got in with the hand there. Um, if he didn't touch the plate, obviously would have been out. Uh, it was a close play, so I have to give Velasquez props for that. Uh, it's not easy being a pitcher playing out of position like that. I, I know the arm is obviously there, but the, it's not like you're taking crow hops and uh, throwing to the plate every time when you're warming up for, you know, playing long tosses as a pitcher, yep. you're throwing to another pitcher and it's not really imperative that you're throwing an absolute line uh, completely accurate every single time. So um, l- thankfully Lurie got in because uh, you know, I-, I love Lurie. We got to use the uh, picture of me holding up the jersey for the reaction, which is pure raw emotion, Tony. Love it. <laughs> it's, be- it's become one of my favorite tweets, man. Every time I get to every time I get to use it, it just means something good happened. Absolutely. Um, so anyway, that uh, that was that was the run. Uh, that was the deciding run in this game. But we we would be remiss if we did uh, call out Velasquez again. Because Eloy hit a sharp liner to left field, and Velasquez had to come in on it and made a diving catch uh, to give the Phillies, you know, a chance there. Because if that ball gets by, then you know Timmy's in, Abreu's in, uh, th- that game's completely out of reach. So uh, it gave him a chance there. But luckily, Osich able to shut the door in the bottom of the fifteenth. Sox win an absolutely wild one, Tony. I think we went through all the chronological events of that. Um, I just wanted to break it down just to emphasize how ridiculous and up and down and all over the place that game was. Um, I don't think the box score would have done it justice. That's why I'm kind of glad I kept this running note here. Um, but uh, just g- give me what was your favorite moment of the game? How about that? Well, I mean, obviously winning the game was was awesome. But, but besides that, that's given. That's given. Say that's- you know, there's, there's so many different things that you could pick in this, whether it be Matt Skull um, delivering, um, you can go into um, Jose Abreu's play uh, where he charges that ball and, and makes the out at, at, at second base. I think the Abreu play actually might take the cake for me just because, um, you know, with, without that play, you know, you don't know what happens next. 
Um, you know, obviously scoring the runs and, and Skull coming through in the clutch is huge here, and you don't get into, you know, extras without that. But I really feel like that play by Jose kind of saved the game. And, you know, if if you can save the game like that, um, hey, I mean, defense is just as, as important as offense in this game. You know, prevent run prevention is, is a thing. Um, so I, I think I have to go with that one just because, you know, it, it wasn't the standard just run back over to first base, take the out. You know, they took a chance there, and it actually paid off. You know, we've, see, we've seen them try and make the plays at home, um, just be a little bit offline and, and, you know, bring the infield in for no reason. Um, you know, this, this was one of those types of plays where they actually took a chance and it benefited them. So I, I think that that's definitely my play of the game right there. Yeah, uh, I agree with you. That is a, you know, a very underrated thing, I think. Um, everyone likes to talk about, in to, especially in today's game of baseball, home runs and the sexy plays, uh, diving stops, um, whatever you want to have. Um, but you, you forget about some of the fundamental things like that. And not that that's a fundamental play, but um, like you said, you're taking a risk also in the field, um, like when you're taking a risk at the plate, um, swinging for the fences instead of, you know, maybe hitting a safe opposite field single, something like that. Um, you, you take a risk there and it pays off. I think that's a great play there, but I'm going to go back to uh, Matt Skull. Uh, that's a theme of the night for me. Uh, Chaw, been saving it for a good time. And what better time than down to your last strike, needing a clutch pinch hit, and he comes through with the RBI single. Um, I, I got to give it to Matt Skull there. Um, that just good for him. Uh, I'm I'm happy for the guy, uh, Tony. That <laughs> welcome back to the big leagues. Exactly, welcome back, um, man. I'm kind of out of words for this game. I think I used all of them up by reading my notes off here. Um, what do you have any final closing thoughts on this before we move into? Um, you know, the next game here. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, and Patrick Nolan, Penals, uh, if you if you know him on Twitter, um, he he tweeted something out tonight uh, about the episode that uh, we had him on Shy Sox Weekly. And we talked about, you know, different different baseball stuff, not just the White Sox. And one of the topics that we had on there was, you know, should the NL continue to have the pitchers hit? And, you know, tonight's game, I've seen a lot of people call the most fun game that they've watched from the White Sox all year. And I believe that that's because of the NL style of play. You know, there's a lot of people out there who want to see the universal DH. You don't get this type of game, Johnny, with a universal DH. You just don't. We, we yeah. don't we don't we don't get this type of game um, in any of our, you know, league games any al games you, you you'd never look at a box score that looks like this weird baseball is fun a lot of people had fun tonight you know at at the core of of baseball we watch this game because we want to be entertained and we want to have a, a good time while we're doing it whether we're cracking beers or you know just sitting there watching the game intently trying to keep score from one range you know all the way to the other side of it it's you know, baseball is a fun sport, and when we get to watch a game like this tonight where 
things happen. Like Velasquez in the outfield. You know, I mean, the, these things that happen in this game are so special. And for the White Sox to play in a game like this tonight and, and come out on top, um, you know, you're not going to see this again this year. You may never see another game like this at all. And that's what makes it unique. It makes it fun. I love this stuff. This game could have went on another two, three hours for me, and I would have been completely happy with it, um, regardless of the outcome. Just because the way these two teams were kind of battling back and forth, it, it was just really fun to watch. Uh, obviously, it's much better when your team comes out on top, but um, I had a blast tonight. And I think that you know games like this make, make baseball really fun to watch, especially in these late-inning shows. Absolutely, Tony. Uh, I think you make a great point there, and I'll be hand up here. Um, I agree with Penals. I am about the universal DH. Um, I think it should be implemented. I know you were on the opposite side of that spectrum. Um, everybody's entitled their own opinions there, but I, I will agree with you. Uh, you make a very good point, and I think Penals pointed that out perfectly uh, in what you had just mentioned. I'm in the same boat. Um, you, you lose this kind of fun, like ridiculous kind of thing. Sure, it might not happen all that often, but when it does, it is a spectacle to behold. So I'm going to wrap this one up with a few notes, uh, very last closing notes that I had on this uh, doc. Uh, Thank you for being so patient, staying with us here. White Sox used every single bullpen pitcher. They used every bench player except for John Jay, but he was not available tonight because of abdominal issues. The Phillies used all of their bench players, but they had one bullpen pitcher left. And this would be a head scratcher if I was a Phillies fan. Because why would you go to Quinn instead of the guy that's actually a pitcher, Um, especially Quinn for a second inning? Uh, I know you're taking your gamble there, using him for one, but leaving him out there, too. Um, If this was Phillies on tap, Tony, I think I would be a little upset, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, We will let the Phillies fans um, deal with that on their own. So um, the White Sox win four to three, 15 innings. Marathon, wild roller coaster, whatever you want to call it. Doesn't matter. Socks are finally off the schneid after being swept by the Mets at home. Very embarrassing, embarrassing homestand. Um, good to get a win on the road here. Um, uh, let's transition it. Uh, we, we've talked a lot about tonight's game. Let's transition it into tomorrow because this is a three-game series, although that felt like uh, two tonight. So I guess you could say it's four if you want. But this is a three-game series. Uh, game two is tomorrow night, 6.05 p.m. Central Time in Philadelphia. It will be Ross Detweiler going for the White Sox. Oof. 6.35 ERA, yikes, um, against Aaron Nola for the Phillies, who has been solid, 9-2. 3.72 ERA on the season. How are you feeling about tomorrow's night's game, Tony? Well, this is baseball. We know anything can happen. Um, you know, I, I want the Sox to use this game as a momentum builder just to kind of continue on the winning ways. But um, tonight's game was just so funky, man, that I, I don't think that's the type of game that gives you any momentum to carry into the next game. I could, I could be wrong. But it just felt like it was it was one on weird baseball, and I'm I'm, I mean I'm a sucker for it. I love that stuff, but it's very um, draining. Even if you win, it's very yes, draining. Yes, it's I very think draining. Both at. both teams are going to be completely just drained tomorrow. I mean, even though it's not an early start, um, you, you're still going to have to get your sleep tonight. Get back, get ready, get to the ballpark. You know, go through your your 
pregame workouts and everything like that. Um, you know, I could see another game tomorrow that winds up being high scoring, just neck and neck, regardless of who the pitchers are. Um, you know, it's everybody's kind of worn down. Um, so if you get into that bullpen at some point, if it's early uh, before the sixth inning, whoever gets to the bullpen first here, I think is what I got to say. Whoever gets the bullpen first is going to wind up winning this game because um, both of them are taxed. Absolutely. And, you know, I'd mentioned that um, both teams are drained from it. I would actually put the Phillies at a little bit of an advantage. Um, obviously, the starters just, you know, Ross Detweiler versus Aaron Nola. Aaron Nola, obviously a more established starter, has done it a lot. Ross Detweiler, a guy that you can't really depend on to go more than five innings, let alone get there to five innings. Um, and the uh, the Phillies, they still had one left in the tank. So, sure, that sucks for them and in a playoff uh, wild card race they don't go to that bullpen piece. Uh, Yeah, that sucks when they had a chance to gain a game tonight. But technically, they're putting themselves in a little bit better position tomorrow because they still have that one, whereas the White Sox use literally every single one of their bullpen pitchers tonight. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's an interesting dynamic uh, with these weird games, weird baseball, Tony. Um, I, uh, I honestly think that we can expect a high scoring game. Uh, tomorrow um unfortunately i would probably if i'm gonna right now if like if i was going to secondcitypicks.com uh predicting a score for tomorrow's game i would probably pick the white Sox to lose this one um but you never know uh weird weird things happen tonight weird things can happen again tomorrow night yeah um i i kind of feel the same way as you uh speaking of second city picks if if it's a white Sox game tomorrow what do you got to do to uh, to go on Second City Picks. What, what's the value of going and making your pick, Johnny? Second City Picks, um, it's super easy. Uh, very simple concept, people. You go to Second City Picks. They tweet them out. It's at Second City Picks on Twitter, uh, secondcitypicks.com. All you got to do, uh, there's a predetermined game for the day. It may be Cubs tomorrow. It may be White Sox. Not sure. It usually comes out the day of. But either way, you go in, you predict the score, for what you think each team is going to uh, score run total wise. And then the tiebreaker is usually the uh, uh, White Sox or Cubs amount of hits. And you just enter your email address. And then if you get it right, you win a free uh, gift card to a food establishment in the Chicagoland area. It, Tony, it's really that simple. Um, it, it, uh, sounds, it sounds I didn't so get my simple. Chipotle, I didn't get my Chipotle the other day because I overestimated what the White Sox offense could have done against the Mets. But you know what? I, I'm going to try again tomorrow. Um, and hopefully I'm getting a gift card to a nice burger joint. So That sounds phenomenal. Um, I'd take a burger joint. I'd take pizza. I'd take Chipotle. I'd take any of these foods, any one of them. I'd, I'd take it. And all I've got to do is just go on and pick the score of, of a White Sox game or a Cubs game. It's that easy? That easy. That easy. All right. Awesome. So make sure you're going to Second City Picks. You're putting your picks in before the game starts. Um, it's that simple. You heard it right there from Johnny and you could be eating free food. Um, I probably need some food. I've been drinking all night, um, since the Sox game started. It's, uh, you know, I I would do anything if I just could get some Chipotle right now. I I think that would, that would help me greatly. Um, (laughs) at this point in time, you know, we need some picks picks to click Tony. Uh, who, who are you rolling with tomorrow night? Ah, picks to click. 
it's hard not to go with Matt Skull. If if he's in the lineup, um, I think he's he's yeah, your he's guy. Good. But uh, <laughs> you know, I don't I don't know if he winds up in the lineup tomorrow. Uh, just based on the fact that I don't think you can take Jose out right now, and there's so go, no DH. So go go Matt Skull A then, and then B. All right, so B pick. I can't go John Jay because he's got abdomen problems from watching AJ Reed take plate appearances. Um, <laughs> so let's go. Don't we all? Let's yeah, we all do. Well, I mean, it's you know he he was just up front and center for it. Um, let's go Eloy tomorrow. Eloy for me. Lovely. Uh, I love it, Tony. Um, Eloy's the solid pick tomorrow. I think it will be a high-scoring game, and I would like to see an Eloy bomb, finally, uh, first since coming back from the IL. Um, I, I am going to go with a Ryan Goins. Uh, you had taken it on me the other night uh, before I had a chance, but, uh, you know, Ryan Goins is, you know, very, very, very small sample size, but he is hitting 667 against Aaron Nola in his career. So I will take that to the bank. Uh, Ryan Goins is my pick to click. And uh, Tony, that that is about all I've got tonight. I'm happy the White Sox won. I'm happy we had fun watching it. I'm happy we had fun recording this. And hopefully we're talking about another win again tomorrow night. Absolutely, Johnny. These are so refreshing to talk about. Did not think we were going to get to tonight, like I said earlier on in this. I thought we were going to be talking about one of the most miserable losses that we've had all year. Uh, the Sox were able to just come through and, and pull one out by the skin under their teeth. Um, a lot of credit to Skull there in the ninth, like we talked about. Um, but, you know, that's what makes baseball fun. This was a really fun night to watch um, some baseball. Uh, the game went five hours. I, I love that. You get to drink a lot more beer when the game lasts longer, um, especially if you're at home and not in the stadium. Uh, especially so, when it's International Beer Day. Crack yes, into that, especially Tony. when it's Yes, especially when it's International Beer Day. Um, crack them, Johnny. This was a great day um, just to, you know, watch baseball get weird. Um, I love that. Uh, I'm never going to stop loving that. It's 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 just so fun when stuff becomes that interesting. Um, you can't you can't describe it. You can't describe it at all. Uh, it's unlike any other sport in, in that regard. And I think that's what makes baseball unique. But, Johnny, I hope we're talking about more wins uh, throughout the weekend. Let's go White Sox. I hope we did our best describing that weird one tonight, even though it's hard to put into words. Let's go White Sox. <laughs>